So uh, I had this Polygon t-shirt that I've had for many, many years. Um, and unfortunately, after probably, I guess, seven years of washing it, it has officially died. There are holes all over it, and my wife will no longer let me wear it. It makes me very sad. I would argue that, that Polygon died in April of 2018 when Griffin and I left the site. <laughs> cool. For being on. But that would be my argument. That's a neat thing to say. Weird. That's when it, it actually started to uh, succeed and become profitable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I re- you know, it's funny, Plan. I never knew you're all about the fucking money. Do you know yeah, my job drone. title? Mine is, I. that was why I was creative lead art <laughs> art art lead me and justin were big both, thinker our titles in- were ideas guys and we made five hundred thousand dollars a month <laughs> russ did you say your shirt died yeah, it died it stopped being a shirt because it had holes in it and i keep telling her it has three holes in it that's normal I don't think a shirt stops being a shirt until it no longer has the fabric required to suspend around your body. Uh, It definitely had that. It was just like minor variations. Even then you could make it a belt. I think Mm. a shirt can't ever not be a shirt. Or like a sash. Where's the diagnosis here? Like at what point did um, did y'all decide, dead, the shirt's dead now? Well, it wasn't y'all. It was Alex, my wife. (laughs) She decided it. I I would have kept it rolling. I would have rolled those dice for a few more years. Um, yeah, no, it's basically, I would say, above a dime, dime or larger sized hole in it justifies death. And it needs to be in, mm. like, you know, potential nipple a area. critical area. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Belly button zone. <laughs> I used to get um, uh, little holes in my T-shirts mm. around the bottom middle right around where the belt buckle is and i read on the internet that you get that because the fabric rubs against the belt buckle constantly mm. and just like wears little holes so now at this point in my life i am a 39 year old man who is wearing elastic belts every day <laughs> it's i only wear elastic belts. just for that purpose i won't show you but just yeah because i don't want to get holes in my fucking great t-shirts again you know, in my in my house, Russ, t-shirts don't die; they just become staining rags. Oh, have you considered that? Oh God, we're back to woodworking again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Chris Plant, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Russ Frostick, and I'm going to be very erudite about this game. (laughs) 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 Oh, no. We've been Freaky Friday here on The Besties. Griffin and I are interchangeable, um, so he didn't notice. (laughs) Chris Flynn, or I supposed to take a swap. This is the besties where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive intergamement. Hmm. Let that settle. Well, let's in. explore I'm so that. Excited. Let's explore that. I'm so excited to be talking about video games today. Uh, you know, uh, folks, I've been looking over my nephew's shoulder recently at these things. Uh, and uh, these video games have come a long way since Pac Man. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Chris, what game that is a significant advancement over Pac Man? Uh, are we talking about today? Friends, let me regale you. This week we are talking about Fall Guys 
Ultimate Knockdown. It has a title that is longer than Fall Guys, I found out when I checked its Wikipedia page. Uh, it is developed by Mediatonic, published by Austin Locals, Devolver Digital. It's available on Windows and PS4, and if you subscribe to PSN, you can download it for free. Here's how the game works. It is a battle royale in which up to 60 players compete in mini-games that gradually thin the ranks. Uh, it resembles TV shows like Wipeout and Takeshi's Castle. Are you just America. reading the Wikipedia page? No, <laughs> I wrote this ahead of time. Okay, okay. Because I come prepared, because I'm trying to keep it concise. Just and making not get sure. steamrolled by Bizarro me, Russ Frushty. And how's, how's that going for you? How's it going? How's yeah. It re- getting this thing out very quickly? Uh, yeah. It, it was going great until everybody joined in on the fun. Keep going. Players race to a finish line. They try to survive on a long platform. Big giant beam. Batting them off into giant pink goo. Maybe they play a game of tag, which is the worst mini game in the game. (laughs) You're a little lump of clay. You dress up on mascot uniforms. You can jump. You can dive. You can grab. Kind of feels like Game Beast. That's the entire thing. There it is. Boom. I did it. I made it through my Google Doc. I hope you're all happy. (laughs) Thank you. I feel defeated um, because for you because of you, wow. Which is not a great sort of feeling to have. Wow, wow. Uh, we are going to get into this. We're going to talk about it, uh, this game, and uh, a lot more. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Y'all, you already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. Um, Fall Guys. Welcome back. We did it. Fall Guys. It's a bold idea, and I don't know mm. why nobody has thought of it before, of mm. what if a Battle Royale game, but it was fun to play, and it didn't make <laughs> you feel bad most of the time, or it didn't make you feel like you're... Um, it didn't suspend you in states of just like running for a half an hour away from some sort of uh, electric encroaching wall and it didn't make you feel very very scared constantly that somebody was going to come in your life Um, but instead you just kind of tumble around and fumble and jumble and you bumble with 59 friends and then if you lose it's like who cares except for the times where you care a great deal because it's fucking infuriating yeah I mean 
I love this game until I hate this game. That that is the story of Fall Guys for me. I thought I just simply loved it all the time because wow, how goofy and funny, and there's kind of a lot of luck in the game, and you know it's all good fun until you actually approach being the number one Fall Guy, and somebody yeah. grabs you at the finish line and throws you into a vat of goo for no reason other than to make your life miserable. Have you gotten that far? Have you gotten like have has anyone won here? Yet. No. Nope. I have not. I have come in say, a, a true to my like PUBG uh, status. I think I won solo games of PUBG twice, and I played that game for an unconscionable amount of time. <laughs> uh, but I got a lot of seconds. Yeah. And I've gotten, I've gotten me, I've claimed me a lot of second prizes here on Fall Guy, which is you're fired, which is a real shame. But yeah, I've made it to that final round a lot and just cannot seem to, cannot seem to clinch it. Yeah, I the closest I got was uh, I got to the final round and it was like uh, the round was like I had to chase a tail. There was one tail among six people and whoever had the tail at the end won. And that just seems so like I get running to a to a crown that like is I've had those rounds too where it's like very exciting. I'm going to run to this crown. But just who has the tail? That's not skill. That's just who has the tail. We have spiraled out of control, I feel like, instantly. In case you have never watched uh, uh, Wipeout or Takeshi's Castle, is that right? I uh, think, yeah. Yeah. It, it, the, the most Extreme Elimination Challenge. Most Extreme Elimination Challenge is what it was called when it was brought to the to the States on Spike and made, like, super racist, but... Uh, they yeah. the the challenge the mini games are essentially like slapstick obstacle courses for the mm-hmm. most part. There's slime climb where you're going up the aggro crag essentially, uh, and the first you know they they whittle down the list of people. So each round you know there may be 48 people competing, but only 30 slots. So you can finish the first 30 to finish, make it through to the next round. The the others are booted. I was gonna say what was that um, game show that the, uh, Xbox ended up getting the rights to? One versus one hundred. One versus one hundred. That's what it feels like per round. Like there's a literal like kind of people getting knocked out like visual it's, between the well, rounds. It couldn't. Yeah, I guess between rounds, that's fair. There is a sense of like other people have stopped. Pl- it was a big crowd, and then yeah. other people stopped playing. I don't. I don't enjoy this game. And let me say up front that like I um. I, this is not the sort of game that would typically appeal to me. I tend to be really into like advancement in games and narrative in games. So it's very much not for me, which is fine. That's great. The thing, but I, I played a lot of it because I wanted to understand. You know, I, I wanted to know like what is what is it that I'm not clicking with here. Um, and I would say that the big problem for me is I find the early. So when you start out, there's like 60 people, and it's a it is a stampede. Yeah. Yeah. It is a huge rush of people trying to get from A to B through these gaps. And um, I found that what it was really putting me off was more um, the feeling of being in a big crowd and not being able to make any headway. I actually found kind of like claustrophobic in a pretty pretty unpleasant way. Like I don't like the sensation of everybody's trying to get through one door and everybody's getting past me and like it feels bad like it felt bad to play once you're past that group which is the one sort of you know tier uh, i would say there's like different tiers depending on the size uh, of of group that's Mm -hmm. left once you're past that initial tier 
uh, I started to enjoy the games more. There's like, um, for instance, a a, a game where there's two giant soccer balls uh, on the field and you're on two teams and you're trying to like work together to knock your soccer ball, you know, soccer balls into their goal. And at that scale, I started to enjoy this a lot more um, because it's like a bit more meaningful and the there's a bit more thought going into it and it's not just a rush of of people. Um, and I started to enjoy those more. The problem I have is that you always have to go through that initial rush of people and sometimes like you don't even make it through that because it's very like you said very luck dependent um yeah. i did appreciate that it, by and large it was easy to get back into a game after i'd yeah. been knocked out at that level but um i don't know the the sense of like having a big crush of people and trying to get past them um was just not i, I found i found really it's awkward. funny that you had issue uh because i kind of had the reverse issue to a certain extent the first round is a crapshoot you, you know, the the rounds are like you running for like multiple very small doors. And as you said, there's this crush of people and sometimes you get through and sometimes you don't. And sometimes that has nothing to do with your skill or how you played. The first round is, I would say, a dice roll more than anything else. And there's something like very low stakes about that, that like I sort of like when I lose those first rounds, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it was funny to look at. It wasn't like I don't feel like I screwed up. So like that was fine to me. It was more the later rounds, specifically the team rounds that you talked about. And I had a really good uh, match of that soccer game as well, where it was back and forth and really intense. But I've also had team rounds where like, I feel like I did so well and I scored all sorts of points and crushed it, but my team absolutely shit the bed. And losing in those rounds is like, fuck, that is terrible. And something that I think they honestly will change very quickly um, because the the team arbitrary, like you have no communication. There's no way to talk to anyone else, which is a good thing, but it also means like <laughs> you losing has no, like imp- like you did nothing to lose or win those matches. I, I would push back against the idea of it being like, uh, especially random in the early rounds, especially because I feel like the first round is almost always a, a, an obstacle course of, mm. of some sort. Uh, because there are a lot of I don't I don't know the exact count of the the mini games, but there's a lot of variety. Like you guys are talking about, like the team rounds, the soccer ball rounds. There's like a downhill jam where you're just trying to get your ball down this hill as fast as possible, but you can mm-hmm. run over and you know knock around your uh, opponents and and try and get in their way. Uh, there's this memory game where they flash these different like fruits on the tiles on the ground and you have to memorize like which fruit is where because then one of the fruits will be safe and everybody has to try and hop on those. There's a lot of variety, but the early rounds are essentially uh, usually obstacle courses. And there is a layer of like map knowledge that is like incredibly valuable. Uh, there is a... Uh, one of the common early maps is there are seesaws, like a series of mm. seesaws that you can run across. And uh, oftentimes you have to sort of chain them one seesaw right into another. And, but there's like a physics model in this game that can be very punishing if you jump you know, too high onto a seesaw that's too tilted. You're just going to go right off of it. Uh, and I found that I've like learned the like what to look for, like what seesaw not to hop on when it's hit a certain angle. And if you can do that, like I, I find myself very rarely being eliminated those early rounds because I know kind of like if there's one called gate crash where, uh, and this is straight from the, from, from Takeshi's castle. Like there's, uh, you know, five doors 
in front of you and maybe one or two of them doesn't open and the others will just smash as you jump through them. And as long as you aren't in the front of the pack yeah. of that game, like you'll almost always qualify. Like you don't have to be first in those early rounds. Yeah. So I finally, like, I, I, I don't, I, I, uh, I don't feel like it is uh, that sort of punishing and random early on because there is like, there are sort of tricks and shortcuts hmm. and, and best practices for most of the maps. Yeah. I I um I love this game and I, I'll talk about that more. But I'll also want to go to Griffin's point just to show you how like every how the game positions you when you play this game is going to completely shape your experience. So the example that Griffin gave there's this this stage where it's point A to point B and you have to run across all these seesaws. If you routinely start at the beginning of the pack in that that stage, great. It's a very feels very fair. You have to actually use balance. If you start in the back and everybody in front of you has triggered all these seesaws, you're effectively just out of luck from the beginning. You might as well just like turn around and throw yourself off an edge um, because it's so much more difficult from, from literally the starting line to get across that stage. That said, I like it. I like that somebody made a game that is like just fun, that, that they had the nerve to make a thing that is not, particularly well-balanced, and I think intentionally so. It's almost balanced through imbalance. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's balanced because it's shitty. Not shitty, but like... Everyone gets fucked. Yeah. Everyone gets fucked sometimes. That's the balance is like, like much like life. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone just gets boned sometimes. The other thing that I really love about this game is pretty regularly, it's doing things I just feel like I haven't done before in a video game, which you're lucky if you get like one moment like that. In, in a game, let alone mm-hmm. mini. And then the stuff that sticks out to me is, Justin, I know that you mentioned not liking the Surge uh, at the beginning of some of those races, but I don't know. I found it very um, warm and comforting and human <laughs> to just be surrounded by all these people who are just clamoring over you and knowing each of them is a real person. And my favorite thing is to let them get a little bit ahead of me, then jump and then dive on top of it and try to just ride <laughs> the wave. Like a Jerome Bettis situation. Yes. The, the other one that really stuck out to me is um, it, it does. I, I don't know what else to call it other than the Normandy level of like so many video games try to do that, you know, rush the beach while things are flying at you sort of thing, whether it's yeah. an actual World War II mm-hmm. game or, or something else. And in this game, there's a stage where you have to climb a hill in these humongous pieces of fruit. That look like the Fruit Ninja yeah. Fruits. I don't know if that was <laughs> yes. intentional or not, but they look exactly like the Fruit but Ninja Fruits. But they're fruit. like the size of like semi-trucks just hurling down this hill as you try to work your way upwards. And that felt amazing. And it's something that um, I think this game can do because it has this kind of lo-fi aesthetic. Um, it, it's able to do things that something with, I don't know, a really fancy uh, visual graphic setting would maybe not be able to pull off, let alone with... Um, so many players on the screen so yeah it's it's an imperfect game there's like a million things that you can point out that don't work but at at the same time it almost like defies the kind of critical rubric that i i would use for most other things because i feel like it so intentionally is chill with the the things it does not do as well yeah i do want to mention also like i've watched a bit of this on twitch and in case you haven't seen, like it is currently dominating literally every game on Twitch. It's beating Fortnite. It's being right. CS:GO. All the big ones are uh, being dominated by Fall Guys right now. Part of it is because it is tremendously watchable. 
Um, like it's very easy to parse what you're looking at. Even if you don't play video games, you can see there's this creature, you know, dressed as a milkshake and he falls off a seesaw <laughs> and it's funny. Like that's a very easy thing to parse. But also, so streamers do this thing where they'll like post how proud they are of how many uh, games in a row of Battle Royale they've won. So they'll have like streak, four wins in a row or something like that at the bottom of their screen. All of the streamers that I've seen right now have been like zero out of 25. <laughs> and it's really funny to see like very, very skilled video game players just totally beefing it on various obstacles because it is yeah. genuinely like, you know, there is an element, obviously, there is an element of luck at play. And I think over time, they will probably find ways to not remove it, certainly, but diminish it in somewhat just to make it a little more, um, a little more skill based. But it's funny right now just to see people like totally not being able to cruise in the way they can like headshot all the guys in Fortnite or whatever. There's something about making the format digestible that is like my favorite thing about the game. Like I was on a really bad streak like the first day that I got the game or maybe the second day and I was like editing a podcast and it is like surprisingly a very, very easy game to kind of just like play idly Mm -hmm. Uh, even though it's like a battle royale which is historically like the most buttoned up like you have to be on your shit genre that there is but just playing it while I was editing and like not really having to uh, I I don't know be all the way in it there is something like I found myself playing it like all day because it's just it has a one more time sort of aesthetic to it that like Apex I feel like doesn't have that that Fortnite or PUBG like I even when I lost even when I came in second as many times as I did it never felt like soul crushing mm-hmm. uh which I for me is then like the game has its cake and eats it too because the battle royale genre is such a like obvious like cool idea uh, but the problem is that, you know, there's only one winner. So typically 99 or in this case, 59 people feel like shit when they don't win. But I never felt I never felt defeated. I never felt like uh, I'm yeah. done. I'm done. I can't after that. I'm done, which is, uh, I think, a pretty like incredible uh, like design achievement for for Fall Guys. Well, and the games are short, right? Like that mm-hmm. helps. I mean, you can play through you can make it to the final round in like what, maybe six or seven minutes. Like, it, right. It's yeah. pretty quick. Speaking of pretty quick, I think this discussion of Fall Guys should be pretty quick, by which I mean we should begin to wrap it up. And is that because I have a disinterest in it? No. I don't even know why you'd say that. Justin, who, what's your favorite costume, real quick? The wolf mask. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> see a lot of that going around. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that'll do it for us. Uh, let's uh, get anything else, any closing thoughts? Y'all want to see more games? They're going to have more games? That's it. I feel what's got me excited is like, I feel like this is an infinitely expandable like experience and, and hopefully like it will be considering how, you know, wildly successful it has been in the first week that it's been out. Um, But it's, it's got a, I would say a decent chunk of, uh, of, of mini games in there. But I also like feel like I have seen all of them at this point. Um, And I just like I don't know it doesn't take long you don't have to play it for very long to start like spinning up your own ideas for like what a good mini game could be I think there's they have a lot of runway yeah I honestly just want solo only like I don't want any team modes no thank you just solo yeah. only and I'd be thrilled that's all I want I want I want all of some fucking guns 
Cool, yeah. How sure. about it, Fall Guys? You have the guts <laughs> to give me a gun and break the mold? And I would love to do Orange Juice Boy dance. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do Orange Juice Boy. I would love to do Backpack Man. Mm-hmm. I would love to do... <laughs> Uh, the the Prince, Prince Brother? The Prince Brother dance. Um, yeah, man. The new Prince Tron cousin, dance. I guess. Uh, like a Duke. Is a Prince's cousin a Duke? Duke Carlton? Let's yes. take a break. This episode of The Best of These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right. So, you know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos. You can do whatever you want. And it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames. And they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts. And you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. You know, we were talking about how easy it would be to spin up our your own Fall Guy minigame, so we thought we'd do a little bit of that just pro bono mm-hmm. right now um, mm-hmm. based on other game shows. Take Taking a little snippet from those, a little tweak, and then uh, turn it into a Fall Guys minigame. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll start it off. Uh, one of the things I think that's missing here 
um, you know, in Legends of the Hidden Temple, I don't know if you remember, um, large oh. adult men would pop out of closets and grab children. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Is there sure. a way to integrate that in, in just a smart way that's not like inappropriate? You're saying larger fall guys that grab the small fall guys. That could be good. And there could be a very, 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 very large fall guy that quizzes everybody about some like piece of folklore or sort of traditional uh, tale uh, from from a certain civilization throughout history. <laughs> Chris Blair's clicking the thumbs up emoji. None of us have ever done this in Skype ever. <laughs> Chris Blair has come from nowhere to silently click the thumbs up reaction to this discussion. He enjoys that. <laughs> it was like a full he screen. Likes it so much he had to animated click. thumbs Couldn't up. Couldn't say it. <laughs> Private for not for the show. <laughs> he just wants us to privately know that this is a good idea. <laughs> uh, what else? Deal or no deal? Briefcases. The fall guys are all standing on a briefcase. Some of the briefcases are open to reveal a ladder that lets you climb up, and some of the briefcases just pop open real fast and fling you into nothingness. So it's like a get, like you're guessing as to where you think the the good suitcase is to stand on. So you're integrating just mm. it's just the suitcase part of a deal or no deal. Well, what you want the Howie Mandel part? You absolute maniac! Honestly, Howie Mandel has fine. There's a large bald fall guy no, in it that a, a, original hates Howie Mandel is some serious fall guy's energy. Howie Mandel blowing up a, a plastic uh, glove and putting it on his head—that's a fall guy costume. He was he happen. was also the voice of Gizmo the Gremlin. So if ever there was <laughs> yeah. a proto fall guy, it's Gizmo. How many people listening to the show know who Howie Mandel is? <laughs> so Bobby's world. Let me start there, because <laughs> that would be the most applicable to this discussion. So, I mean, they're going to do minions at some point. It seems yeah. unavoidable, because, hey, come here, come in close. It's your pal Griffin, who doesn't, he's a straight shooter. He doesn't, he doesn't uh, beat around the bush. They're fucking minions. The Fall Guys. <laughs> the, far, no, the Fall Guys is minions. They've, you've, I'm sure somebody figured out how to put some overalls on them and make them yellow. And this, this is minions. This one's minions. So that's that's not even a good idea I had. That's a, I'm seeing like next May, the minions DLC drops when Despicable mm-hmm. Me 4 come, drops in, well, not the home theaters. <laughs> okay, this is a billion dollar idea for Nickelodeon. Mm. Just literally do put the aggro crag in there like work with their engineers or whatever and make the aggro crag a level that this game feels like even more than Fortnite, pretty ripe for uh brand partnerships (laughs) you can tell that the brands are already thirsty for it like i think kentucky fried chicken was already begging to get a chicken put into the game on twitter like they're ready i I mean i i i would have respected fall guys more honestly if they had just replied and been like three million dollars man just like (laughs) You Just got send, it. send it to us in unmarked bills. Uh, you know what would be fun is like a double dare. Mm. Like as long as we're talking about brand partnerships, imagine 20 fall guys all jumping into a giant slime-filled waffle <laughs> trying to find a flag. That'd be dope. Picking a nose. Be good. Everybody's climbing in the nose. Yeah, exactly. I'm mad that this isn't even funny. These are just all fucking good <laughs> ideas that we're giving away for free. You're welcome, fall guys, mm-hmm. guys. Sheesh. All right, Listen. Let's uh, let's talk about reader mail because I'm I feel like we're giving away the shop right now and I'm I hate this feeling of giving away free ideas. 
Um, okay, we got some questions. This one's from Elliot. Uh, what are your fave mini games and any least faves? Do you think next season they might remove some of the less liked games like the matching? Do y'all hate the tail game as much as I do, which is a lot. Yeah, there's um, multiple tail games, and they're all yeah, terrible. It's they're terrible. Explain what the tail game is, because okay. we have referenced it. Yeah, so there's a few variants of it, but the first one that I played was a team-based tail game where there were four teams, and split among those four teams, some people have, uh, like, raccoon tails, effectively. And the idea is to run around this map, if you don't have a tail, and try to grab the tails off other people, kind of like a flag football situation, so that your team has the most tails out of all of the teams. And if you have the least tails, you get automatically knocked out. This would be kind of fine if it was just a solo version of it where everyone's like kind of a free-for-all. Um, and they do have that there later. Is in that. The, there, there is yeah, that. There is that. And it happens later. But the team-based version is infuriating because, again, I spent an entire round running around with a tail. I was very proud of myself that I avoided everyone, still got eliminated because my, the rest of my team was dog shit. So, like, boo on the tail games. Um, I think people have said, I, you know, I really like the the obstacle course. Like, I, I think the see, seesaw one is excellent. Anyone that has, like, an unspoken social contract, yeah. like the seesaw one, where if, you know, if, if 20 people are in a cluster and you're in that cluster and they all jump on one side of the seesaw and you look at the other 19 people like... You guys know how the fuck this is going to go, right? <laughs> if, tw- if 20 of us are on one side of a seesaw... We're gonna get sit. We're gonna. We're about to eat shit all together. And you guys are. It's just me on the other side of the seesaw. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, I don't weigh as much as nineteen of you. So, oh, we're all dead. That makes sense. Cool. Thank you. Good job, everybody. Anything like that, like, is so infuriating, yeah. but so like, I, I don't know. I feel like there is a sociological study that you do like five times around, just like, oh, huh. Everyone's just fucking lost their minds and wants to lose. Good, yeah. good, good. Cool, cool, cool. I yeah. do want to mention there's another one that's um, uh, there's like fake platforms, and you basically ro- it's like Indiana Jones three, oh, yeah. where there's these like invisible platform. There's these visible platforms, but some of them are hollow or just fall out when you step on them, and you can tell which ones are fake not by knowing Latin, by but by just standing in place and waiting for them to rattle. So you get to these situations where like 16 people are grouped up on the same platform waiting for some indication as to which of the platforms around them are real. All holding on to each other. All holding on and like there's some jostling and then at the end someone just makes like a latch, a last ditch like sprint for life hoping that they actually land on legit platforms. That one is also excellent. Yeah, my favorite is uh, there's like a zigzagging hill uh, full of obstacles and the pink bubblegum slime slowly rises and if mm-hmm. you touch the slime you're you're a goner and especially when you have a ton of people playing it i don't know it is maybe justin's nightmare in terms of claustrophobia or just getting caught in the in the mess but having tons of people trying to run up this really narrow zigzag knowing that if you get left behind you are going to get swallowed by bubblegum goo it is so good. It it is like that right level of tense where when when you cross the finish line, you feel like you accomplished something. Another question for you. This one is from Dan. What other genres do you want to see have a battle royale mode added? I'm going to expand that question. Genres or specific games or franchises? Uh, I've got one. Yes. A little game called Spelunky would be really great with sixty people. <laughs> That'd be good. 
just jam everyone into this tiny little cave situation. They already have a multiplayer mode. I think it supports up to four, and it's a lot of fun, but it's very goofy. And I think the only thing that would uh, make it goofier is adding 56 more people. Yeah, I like that. God, this is a this is a physical impossibility, I feel like, because of it's the year 2020. But I feel like there could have been a really good rock band, like instrument like rhythm game amp versus amp battle royale thing that could have existed maybe it would have been maybe the worst one <laughs> oh okay cool you all right the craziest possible thing that makes no sense that's actually a bad idea there are no bad ideas but that's a bad idea i think it'd be great i think i think okay it wouldn't be 100 people right it'd be like you know 30 bands four no <laughs> No, it's not local multiplayer. It's like every, it's an online thing. So it's like band versus band, mm. and there's like solos that you have to shred, and everybody has to shred the same solos. <laughs> and it knocks people idea. out. Oh, did Chris Plant thumbed up that one too? He liked it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I like it, Kevin. Yeah, I think yeah. Thanks, good. thanks, Russ. I, I gotta... like you, and only you. <laughs> I, got, I got, I got another question for everybody. Um, See, let me answer <laughs> Sea of Thieves, Giant Boat, 60 Pirates, Walk the Plank with your haters walk the plank in this multi- battle uh-huh. royale. So from Joshi, with the popularity in mind, how likely is it that we will eventually see a competitive Fall Guys scene like we see competitive Fortnite and Apex? I hope not. It's there, man. Uh, I hope I think not. it's there, man. No, I mean, I think, yeah, I think I agree. I I think it's there and I don't think it's a reach. I realize right now it seems like a total like crapshoot, but I think the games like even if you started at 12, I think the games kind of work and are immensely watchable Um, doing a 60 person thing as Fortnite has sort of implied is very messy and not as watchable because you're switching from so many different perspectives. But like if it's just 12 people, what? What plant doesn't Not like every it. game needs to be an esport. Just have fun. I can't tell that you didn't like that idea because there was no emoji to indicate that. You didn't I, like I did. That there's idea. no thumbs down in in Skype, so I did a there's real a life crying man. Down. What about crying man? Oh, that's good. Thank you. There is a crying <laughs> person. Uh, the only like esport I ever really like got into and like watched a decent amount of was uh, uh PUBG, especially around like the big events, like the big tournaments and uh like worldwide events and stuff back when those were a thing that still happened this game is watchable because it's like silly and non-stop and there's very little lull but there is something to be said about that lull lending itself to like wild amounts of tension and that being like the thing that kept me watching like seeing a very very tense firefight between two teams the the, the tension there is what made it so enjoyable and that just simply does not exist i feel like in fall guys there is no tension i never ever ever spectate like if i get knocked out i'm done i don't give a shit like what the rest of the round looks like because i don't find it a i think it's a super fun game to play and it is very digestible to play and i do not think it is very fun to watch but you know apparently i'm in the minority because it's so 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 huge on twitch mm-hmm. look can we talk about other games anything else anybody else is playing um I'm still playing Terraria because of fucking Rust Fresh. Yeah, yeah. Dig those blocks, Griffin. That's wild, man. It's a it's a that's a good ass game. I get it now. Yeah. It's a good ass nine year old game. <laughs> it is. Uh yeah, it's it's very cool. Um it, it is like a legit RPG. People sort of don't realize it because it doesn't show its hand very well or early, but once you get into it, it is like a legit RPG. Russ, you've been playing cross code. 
which I think is on the Switch, I'm assuming. Okay, so we've talked about CrossCode a few times, and always whenever we talk about it, we're like, well, there's the, it's broken now. Don't play it. It's broken. Uh, so they did release a patch, um, and I've been playing it, and, and while it's not... It doesn't run as well as the game should run because the game is a 2D, like looks like uh, Zelda NES, uh, SNES game. Um, so it doesn't run completely smooth, but it's smooth enough. And they remove like the bigger issues like crashing and like the fact that you had to wait five seconds for the menu to load. That's um, all I cared about. Yeah. yeah so, so that rough. stuff is out of the way. And honestly, uh, the first like few hours of that game didn't grab me because I was like, this, they just throw so many story things and mechanics at you and i was just super overwhelmed last night i was playing and it finally finally started to like oh i know where to look to like where to look for quest information and like how to complete these things and what these random ass items i'm picking up have any purpose for and it's sort of like the matrix just fell in front of me and then i was able to appreciate things like because it's a game that is set in a video game it's it's like an imaginary mmo effectively they, you know, the writing sort of plays this up where you're, you know, talking with people and they're all like, yeah, when's that patch going to come out, which is surprisingly meta um, and funny and and not something you see all the time. So I don't know. I, I kind of really dug it. Yeah, I'm still sticking with it. It's weird. It's a weird Trojan horse where it kind of makes it seem at the outset like it's going to be sort of a meta commentary on MMOs. And then you discover that it is actually just kind of replicating a lot of MMO stuff, like especially in like a quest design. There's a lot of like, go kill four of these things uh, and then come back to me, but it's still interesting. I, I think it's, it, I think it's cool. And there's actually some surprisingly good, like dungeons and like puzzle mm-hmm. solving stuff that you don't necessarily expect. Um, I wanted to give a quick plug for the game that I've been playing the most in the past couple of weeks. It's Griftlands, Ooh. which as much as I like monster train, uh, this is another deck building roguelike kind of thing um, that uh, it's by Cl- yep, Clay. Clay. Yeah. Uh, who did, oh God, don't starve and Mark of the Ninja. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Griftlands is so cool. Uh, it is a roguelike, so it's different, you know, each time, narrative game where you're a deck building game where you play a grifter which is just kind of like a in this world a grifter is like a someone who takes odd mm. jobs things that need doing uh and you're a grifter who has and as you proceed through the story which is different each time you play and because you can make big different choices or you know you run into different people or whatever as you play through there are two different modes that you can play uh, there is battle, which is like deck building where you're playing cards to defeat the other person's cards, y- you know, and you have your health and you're, you know, attacking and do- doing damage and all this stuff. But there's also negotiation, which is similar, except you're dismantling your it's much more abstract. You're dismantling parts of someone's argument and the cards are like rhetoric or. Uh, asking rapid fire mm-hmm. questions mm-hmm. or being obstinate or hostile or whatever. And you're like using those and they've gamified the entire negotiation process to where you're like removing some parts of someone's argument. There's negotiations before battles where you're like trying to eliminate parts of someone's faith <laughs> in something. So you're trying to like erode their confidence before the battle. 
Um, and there's different tacks you can take for each one. And then each of the grifters have very different mechanics. Um, the, for, for, there's like three different ones. I think currently you start off with a grifter named Sal. Uh, the one I have right now that I'm doing a run with is named Rook. Uh, and Rook's big thing is in negotiations. Uh, he's got a coin that he flips and the, it has a, whether it's heads or snails, it has a different effect on the cards that you have. There's some cards that are more powerful if you have a heads up. There's some cards that are better if you have a snails up. You can get cards that let you rig the systems. Um, there's one other thing that I have to talk about. Uh, it's got a really, really great system for uh, relationships. When you make choices, in the, it, it, it's a self-contained world, right? And when you play through, there's maybe, I don't know, 40 50 people in your mm. story when you make a decision like you make a decision to like work with somebody or turn against somebody or attack somebody or not you can get them to like you which will make things a little easier you'll become friends you can get them to love you which will actually give you a like permanent boost you can also get them to hate you uh in which case um you can uh you'll get a permanent negative thing so their hatred of you is like a permanent, concrete gameplay thing where they're like, like in negotiations, they'll say something negative about you and that will be added to your enemy's like repertoire of things because they've heard bad shit about you from mm. this other person, uh, which is like so cool and smart. And you can, but when you beat someone in battle, you have the option to let them surrender or to kill them. And if you kill them, their hatred negative thing goes away. Because if they're dead, they can't hate you. So there's like, you're having to run a calculus pretty frequently of like, well, if I just kill this guy, <laughs> the hatred he has for me is not going to continue to affect me. But if you kill them, they may have a friend that will hate you <laughs> as a result of that. Um, there's so much going on. It's so cool. Uh, every run feels very neat. I've done like four or five runs with with each of the first two characters. I haven't locked the third yet. Um, What's it on? But it, it, if you like those kind of deck building, um, it's on PC, uh, I think, right now. But if you like that kind of deck building thing, if, if like Monster Train, Slay of the Spire, that kind of stuff, uh, I think you will really, really dig Griftlands. I want you guys to Justin, play it. Shank. It's called Shank. Shank oh, one. Yeah. And Thank two. you, Shank. That's the game that we were thinking about. Uh, <clears throat> Shank. Quickly, uh, Blazeball is on a hiatus for a week, maybe two weeks. Which is a perfect time for you to learn more about Blazeball. I know I, I spoke about it last week, but uh, Blazeball really is a story, and you can uh, learn that story by reading the Blazeball wiki. Uh, I also just think this is great that they took a break. Like, this game is not made by a lot of people, and it was heat- hitting this kind of frenzy, and rather than make everybody crunch and take something that I assume was, like, fun for the these creators, they, like, put it on pause and are figuring it out and making sure that the servers work and figuring out whatever the hell they want to do with the game. So I think, you know, the commissioner of Blazeball is doing a great job. Uh, and I think now is like a great time to learn about it. That way, when it does restart, you can hop on. Because I, if, honestly, for me, it, w- it will unquestionably be one of my favorite games this year. I, I think it is just endlessly fascinating. And uh, again, like you can find that on your browser. Just Google Blazeball. 
Actually, don't Google baseball because if you Google baseball, what will happen is it will assume you mean baseball. So <laughs> actually just go to baseball.com. That is baseball with an L after the B, the first B, uh, two L's after the second B. I, you know what I mean. It's an A. Yeah. Anyway, what are we doing next week? 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 We're doing Rogue Legacy 2, which mm-hmm. is going to be available in early access on Steam. And Yeah, it's a, it's actually early access on August 18th. Um so you will be able to follow along with us the that that episode's going to be released on August 21st. So you'll have some uh, experience with the game and you could offer questions or thoughts where, Chris Plant? You can do that on Twitter, at the Besties Pod. And here's what I recommend you also do because that's not going to be a ton of time to play that game. Go back, play Rogue Legacy. Go back, <laughs> play some other Rogue Likes uh, and shoot us some questions that you have about that genre over uh, at Twitter because, y'all, it is going to be a time for this genre. Not only do we have Rogue Legacy 2, we have the uh, full release of Noita. We have Spelunky 2 uh, coming in, uh, what, a month almost? Oh, wow. You're kidding me. Justin just icing me with the board board look. I'm sorry that we're talking about good games. Spur clunky, more like. Justin, you could take another break for that episode. (laughs) (laughs) What I missed last time. I don't remember. Good must have been choice choice app without the J man. <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was bad. It was good mechanics and bad games. Mm-hmm. But don't worry, I talked about oh, right. Dark Sector for you. I did a great Justin impression. Thank you. People we're, loved it. Justin, Thank where you. can people listen to the show? Besties dot fan boy. <laughs> wow. Not besties dot fanboy. That <laughs> that's be, different. <laughs> that, that's our fan site. <laughs> no besties dot fan will give you the uh, link where you can follow and listen for free on Spotify. Mail at besties.fan is our uh, email address. And uh, please share the show and let people know that we're talking about video games over here because if no one's listening, it's just me talking to these guys for no reason. And that's very pleasant, but it's also kind of sad. So please share besties.fan with anyone that you think enjoys a video game from time to time. Well, that's going to do it for us. So be sure to join us again next week on the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games the besties is a spotify original podcast in association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!